On today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, the Philadelphia Eagles' first depth chart came out. We have takeaways. Is Kenneth Gainwell RB1 plus offensive players to watch in the preseason opener this Saturday against Baltimore? All that and more on this Thursday edition of Lockdown Eagles. You are Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. A couple days away from the Eagles preseason opener against Baltimore, as I mentioned before, offensive players to watch later on in the show. But Gino, want to get into this depth chart and again, take it with a grain of salt. The Eagles' first depth chart is always created by the PR staff. It's always Mm -hmm. by public relations. However, there are takeaways to this because I don't think the PR team is completely making this up. You know what I mean? I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's like they just some random guys like uh, throw, you know, let's throw Joseph Nada uh, as the wide receiver four mm-hmm. instead of Olamide Zacchaeus or like, oh, let's shake things up and Mariota's QB three right now because he's not playing well in camp. That's not what it is. So there definitely is some weight to it. And taking a look at the depth charge, you know, I don't know if there's really any like massive surprises. I think most guys that are first string, second or third, it, it is what it is so far throughout training camp. The guys you thought were going to perform have, and I don't know if there's been a lot of surprises. I would say the one that caught my eye was yeah. that at safety, it's Reed Blankenship, and then the second one is Terrell yes. Edmonds slash Kavon Wallace. How that is, is that going to be? Is it going to be that's been much more of a battle based? than I thought, Gino? And it's not the guy that's a lock is not the one I thought, at least. Like I was excited about Reed Blankenship this year. I thought Terrell Edmonds was going to be the clear safety that's always on the field. That's going to be Blankenship. And as you mentioned, it looks like everybody else is battling for time. And behind him, Brie Blankenship being is Sidney Brown and Justin Evans. I think safety yes. is going to be so much mixing and matching, as well sure. as the defensive line as well, where Jalen Carter is behind Jordan Davis. I thought he would be in there in that Fletcher Cox position. So it's going to be interesting to see where these guys line up. But as yeah. you said, take it with a grain of salt. It's the public relations staff that's putting this together. And anytime you can look at a position like running back where it says Kenneth Gainwell or Rashad Penny or Boston Scott or Trace <laughs> that one or they DeAndre nailed. Swift, you know they're not taking this seriously. Right. So but you know, I think too much into it. But at the same time, I think they nailed that because I think that's exactly oh, yeah. what running back is going to be this year. So that kind of makes perfect sense. And you're right. Again, when you look at two like a depth chart, it's based on one formation to a very mm-hmm. traditional look. So Jordan Davis ahead of Jalen Carter, but there's times they're all gonna be on the field at the same time. Right. Doesn't take into account rotation. Like what really is an RB one with the Eagles, what really is a starting quote unquote defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Mm -hmm. Eagles? It's like instead of getting 45% of the snaps, you might be getting 55. Depends on the position, of course. Like safety is the same thing. Sure, is you know, Terrell Edmonds, Kavon Wallace, they're listed as splitting first team reps right now. Justin Evans and Sidney Brown are on the second team, but they're going to run so much three safety looks this year that a lot of those guys are going to get time as well. So that's the other thing about depth charts. It really doesn't take into account all of that too, but it does give you a hint of who's kind of in the lead for reps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what you kind of have to take away from it as well. And 
it was just announced that Lamar Jackson won't be playing in this Baltimore yeah, game. I can't obviously, the Eagles are going to play many starters in this one either. No, and we'll see some of those things that maybe perk up our eyes a little bit. If all the yeah. safeties do play, that will be rather intriguing. But let's say they just sit Reed and then they let the rest of them play Lou. That would be something that you say, okay, Reed clearly has a, a position locked up here. If Cam Jurgens gets to sit this game or even if they start him at center rather than right guard, I think that's evident that they're okay with him at they're right guard. They're confident what he's doing at right guard. Yeah, sure. Tyler Steen in there and get him live game reps. And Yeah, because Steen was listed as a guard. He's been listed right now as the second team right guard behind Jurgens. Yep, and then you have Suo Peta as the left guard yep. on the other side. And then Brett Toth still at center is crazy to me. I, I would I love agree. to just get Cam Jurgens in there playing rotational minutes, but I don't expect to see a lot of the top guys going out there and playing where a lot of questions are going to be answered in the next couple weeks, Lou. Defensive secondary, linebacker. Yeah. What are they going to do in big nickel, big dime? How many multiple safety rotations are they going to have? They have nickel cornerback listed separately from the other cornerback positions. Mm-hmm. Zach McPherson, Josiah Scott, those guys are going to get a ton of reps yeah. in the next couple weeks, Lou. There's a lot of jobs up for grabs. There's, a lot of There's going to be a lot of shuffling yeah. going on, in my opinion. And looking back at the 53 that I made just a couple weeks ago, there are some guys where you're saying, man, they might be sneaking their way onto this roster somehow. 100%. I mean, you look at Joseph Nada getting first-team reps today at wide receiver for the Eagles, an undrafted free agent this year out of Clemson. You look at two, I mean, you mentioned safety. I didn't predict Kavon Wallace was going to be listed as a first-team safety no. splitting with Edmonds. And I think eventually Sidney Brown will be that guy that moves ahead of those two. Edmonds is going to be a player in those three safety looks that's consistently mm-hmm. on the field. Will Wallace get some time? Yeah, probably. I think a lot of these players will play in a rotation, but that is definitely interesting too. Yeah, you're right. There's going to be a lot of depth battles. Even you look at the slot battle between McPherson and Scott, but the top boundary corner backups right now, looks like in the lead, it's Kelly Ringo and Josh Job, And I think that checks out for how people have been performing in camp. Job is looking really good. So it's going to be exciting to see him during the preseason, it, just like it was last year. I mean, he stole the show. He earned a 53-man spot when I didn't think he was going to. And especially if Baltimore doesn't play their top guys. Yeah. And for reference, Baltimore hasn't lost a preseason game in now 23 consecutive occasions. If you think you're playing a team that's just going to let you roll over and just play some backyard football for a game, these guys take it seriously. And that's what good organizations have to do. And especially the guys that will be competing, Lou, because Josh Joe could be the next man up. If one of those guys goes down, let's talk about the linebacker rotation. Any one of them could be the guy if a top guy goes down. Same with defensive line. Same with offensive line. This team has so many opportunities to see who really wants to make this roster and who doesn't. One position I'm looking at, Lou, and why I was so adamant on the quarterbacks proving themselves in preseason is this depth at wide receiver, man. Like, who's going to separate themselves right now? Because we know OZ will be the four. We figure that Brian yes. Covey will be the five. But can anybody challenge these guys? Can anybody or convince the team to keep a six? Mind? Or convince the team to mm-hmm. keep a six? Yeah, yeah I think and that's keep two part. tight ends and keep six wide receivers. Absolutely could happen. Yeah, right now. And again, this depth charts before preseason game, things are totally mm-hmm. going to shake up after Baltimore. But definitely interesting to see you know, who's in the lead. One thing that pisses me off, even though, again, this is a PR depth chart, seeing Derek Barnett with any sort of second team is so frustrating to me. We heard the other day that he started stuff with Landon Dickerson because he got pancake blocked basically into the ground. He got his 
soul taken from him by Dickerson. Barnett couldn't take it, so he hits him from behind. Nick Sirianni was not happy about that. His press conference today said it was a, a teaching. It was a, it was a less a learning. Um, it was a lesson Experience. for the team, yeah. right? I got a hilarious response on Twitter from somebody that said. Barnett has had enough lessons by now. He should have a PhD in this kind of stuff because he's been doing this since 2017, just this undisciplined style. And for a guy that again is going to be your fifth rotational edge, just not worth the liability. He is. I I can't believe, you know, I just, the fact that he is not cut yet is so frustrating. I mean, that was how Nate Geary was a couple years ago for me. Right. Barnett is becoming that guy for us. Mm -hmm. He, He is. He's, he's right up there. And, because I just feel like he shouldn't be on this team anymore. We just we've moved past it. I honestly forgot he was on the roster a few months ago. Somebody tried to mansplain Derek Barnett to me, saying, "Have you ever actually watched Derek Barnett play?" Well, I haven't missed an Eagles game in twenty something years. Sure. So yes, I've clearly and seen he's, Derek okay. Barnett. And, and again, play. is he like the and greatest? He is he the biggest bust in NFL history? No, no. Was he average? Sure. He consistently was get, would get five sacks here you could count on. But for me, it, it's not that was never worth what else he would do on the field. He's a walking yellow flag. He cost I mean, you games in 2021. He, yeah, and not even that. I mean, I look back to even that 2019 game against Green Bay, the dirty hit he had on Thursday oh. Night Football, and Nick Sirianni two years ago saying it's always him. Just, oh. not, just not worth it. And mm. I don't know if it's Howie with the draft pick bias. I don't know what it is if they think he's – now in a role that suits him more as like a fourth or fifth guy rotational. I think that would make sense. But when you have Nolan Smith and Brandon Graham, it's like, you don't, you don't need that guy anymore. And you can mm-hmm. find that, you know, Taron Jackson, Jackson, Gino, Teron Jackson, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I think could probably do that just as well with the amount of snaps Barnett got. If you got Jackson, as many snaps as Barnett's had over the last five years, you don't think one once or twice, you can get four or five sacks in a season. You don't got to pull my leg to make. I know, I know. I'm pitching to the, preaching to the team, choir. Right? And <laughs> that, that's the one thing I don't want from cut down day is, oh, this guy is on the roster just because. If a guy earns it. That's what Barnett if, feels like, man. I don't think he's earned it. Yeah. If Jackson goes out there and let's say he lights it up, man, and he just he has three or four sacks in the preseason, he's getting to the quarterback, and Derek Barnett doesn't really do anything and you keep him, uh, I'll be a little upset, especially – Let's say at a position Based like on what corner. he's done for you instead of what he will do. Right. Let's say like Makai Gardner goes out there and he looks better than a guy like Greedy does, for example, mm-hmm. and Greedy's on the roster the next day. Those are the things that yeah. bad teams or teams that are kind of stuck in their old ways will do. And that's like the yeah. last thing the Eagles have to kind of break out away from, I would say. I agree. I agree. Do you know, I do want to talk about that running back position you saw in the depth chart. It's all of them are RB1, mm-hmm. all five players. Sounds like, though, some rumors and reports from camp. Kenneth Gainwell being the featured back early on. We'll get into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And, guys, today's show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. August is here. You know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. Just had my big one last weekend. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. It's a lot of fun. I normally do traditional leagues. Best ball is great, especially if you're busy. Just get that lineup, get that roster set for the year, and Underdog will take care of the rest. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled 
up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football. It's the best place for best ball. Check out Best Ball Mania for the largest fantasy football tournament ever. We thank Underdog for sponsoring Locked On Eagles today. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. Preseason's coming up in just two days, Saturday night. Kickoff at 7.30 against the Baltimore Ravens. As Gino mentioned, they've won 23 straight games in the preseason. Not that the preseason matters for wins and losses, but that'd be kind of cool to see the Eagles pull off an upset there. Um, Gino, one position I think we're going to be watching a lot on offense, and we'll get into some other players we're going to look at too in this matchup later on, but all eyes are going to be on the running back position, I think, because it's one that there's going to be a heavy rotation with a new look backfield. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon. We've had a lot of conversations this offseason about how this is going to shape up. Who's going to get the most reps this year, you know, in the regular season? Who gets the most catches, touchdowns, carries, yards? You know, we've had pretty much every conversation there is to have. And it's interesting. I think Kenneth Gainwell, we've, I don't know, the consensus has been, he should be, if all things work out with injuries, he should be your RB3. It sounds like lately the hype is that he's the Eagles featured back right now. I don't know if I'm buying into that hype. That I mean, I know he's like, he is good. You know, he, he's coming off a really strong playoff run. They trusted him more than Miles Sanders. He has receiving ability. He's familiar with this team. That's probably why a part of he's getting all these first team reps, but I just don't buy the hype that he'll actually be the guy when it's all said and done during the regular season. I just don't think he has the gear that Swift and Penny have in certain areas. Oh, I don't know about that, man. I, Penny, dude, I'm, he's I don't explosive. think I don't think he's nearly as explosive in the open field as DeAndre Swift. I don't think he's nearly as a powerful runner in between the tackles as Rashad Penny. Well, yeah, Those two have shown a ceiling that I don't think Gainwell truly has. I think he's oh, a very solid RB three, two A, two B in a in a, in a committee. I think he's going to be. Probably one A in terms of touches. I think I, just, I don't agree. I, I think okay, Swift. That's fair. because that, to me, like Swift is just as good a receiver. I, I think better. I yeah. think again, he's shown something to me that Gainwell has not, and I just think he's a better athlete. I don't know. For me, it's like Swift does a lot of things Gainwell does good, but I think he does it better. And then Penny has a new element that they don't have. That to me, that makes Gainwell the third guy. But also, you trusted him. You know what you have. He remained healthy sure. for you. And in a time when you needed somebody to step up, he stepped up more than anybody. And he's the, the thing about Kenny is that he's not the biggest. Like you said, he might not be the most explosive, explosive guy on earth, but he does things efficiently and effectively. And that's sure. why they trusted him. Last I think he's year. got the highest floor of the three. I think if you were to tell me something went wrong this year, who ends up being the guy? It's probably Gainwell. But I think if the top scenario, if all things play out well and everybody stays healthy, I don't know. Again, I've just I've seen stuff in Swift and Penny that Gainwell in the regular season last year. I mean, the playoffs he was great, but the regular season you really didn't see him take a huge step up. I hope I'm wrong, but he was also getting his feet under him. He was a younger running back, right, Lou? Like he he has to get into this league and figure it out. And I think he did that late in the season when it mattered. Sure. So no, it's, take it's a fair it, point. Take the regular season games and throw those out the window. If I'm watching tape on Kenny G, I'm watching the last five games he played. I don't want to make it feel like I'm dumping on Gainwell in a negative way, saying he's not a good player. I just think, again, there's there's a ceiling to Swift and Penny that I like more. And so I would hope they get the first chance to be the featured back. I think Gainwell is the most secure, probably the safest bet to be reliable from week one to week 17 to week 18. 
But I don't know, man. I think Swift, I mean, you're hearing all the stuff about how natural the hands catcher he is, how explosive in the open field he is. He's lining up in the slot. I, I want the featured back to be Swift. I think you could get caught up in that that moniker that that there's going to be a featured guy. No, it's a, that's a great point. That, really that's what guy. you said on Twitter too, and it's like yes. really doesn't matter at the end of the day. RB one in Philly does not. It doesn't majority. feel like yes. No, right. and take it as a fantasy football approach, right? Like if you would not draft this team, why? Well, because they're going to share the the wealth yeah. at this position, and I think that's a great thing to lean on because you talk about how explosive and powerful. Rashad Penny is and how natural of a pass catcher DeAndre is. And you run those inside zones with Kenny G all of them are going to play to their strengths. And that's what you want to see. And you just need to get the most efficient runners in there. And that was why I believe how he was okay. Moving on from miles is because the dollars didn't match the efficiency. And that's how, how he approaches this position and he could get, that type of play out of guys like Boston Scott and Trey Sermon, who is also a part of this discussion as well. And the way he's performing in camp, it seems that they have five guys that they would be confident in to carry a game or two. And that's how they approach it, Lou. That's that's how they really have always taken running back. Can we rely on you in a matchup-based approach? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they have to do moving forward because – you don't have Christian McCaffrey. You don't even have the Miles Sanders that you had of 2019. But as a cumulative group, spread the wealth how you want. You know how many snaps based on X amount of games that you could average together. Figure out what you do in terms of running back touches. And I think it's going to be relatively similar with the top three guys. I don't think there's going to be a huge variance in yeah. touches. Maybe DeAndre gets vastly more in the past game than a guy like Rashad gets. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, when you look at their touches, you could be saying 27%, 25%, twenty four percent and then Boston true. and a slew of other guys make up the rest of that percentage. And that's what it's going to have to be in, in a very good manner too, Lou. It's not something to take away from what your conversation I think is, is a good way to look at it is who do you think is going to be the best guy behind an elite offensive line? Because you yeah. believe that they could score. Who gets on the most meat off the bones. Right. Yes. And I, and for me, that's swift. I, again, I'm not saying Gainwell is not an explosive, versatile weapon. I mean, he mm-hmm. was Jalen Hurts' go-to guy a lot in the two minute drills last year. And I think he'll still Definitely. have a role there. He's a guy that even in Memphis and with Philly, you've seen him line up and at wide receiver too, just like swift has. But yeah, I just think there's a gear with Penny as a natural runner and swift as a receiver that, I, I prefer a little more, but yeah, like you said, it's hey, we might see them both on the field at the same time. It was reported oh, that they were in a two running back set in the red zone. One season, of them was out 21 wide. personnel. Not too many uh, trade secrets to give away on this show yet. Hey, I mean, we I'll mentioned that it. before. If, if the second tight end doesn't step up, I'd love to see some more 21. I think that's something they did in 2019 mm-hmm. by necessity, but you saw that it can still be effective in a playoff run. So Swift and Gainwell out there at the same time. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. So all eyes are going to be on running back this Saturday. Gino, is there anybody else on the offensive side of the football that you're really going to be watching closely against Baltimore? You know, I don't think a lot of the starters are going to play. Maybe Cam Jurgens. Outside of that, it's going to be mostly second and third teamers. Anybody that you're thinking of? If Olamide Zacchaeus does play, I'm very yeah. excited to see how I would like to does. see how much better he looks than Pascal last year as a receiver. 
and how good he should look in this spot, right? Because if Baltimore isn't going to play their top wideouts, yep. which I wouldn't, you're not going to see Marlon Humphrey out there, right? Like that's not going to happen. I would expect him to go out there and have a pretty solid day, as well as the guys that are around him. Joseph Nada reported he got some work yeah. at the first team. If they're going to keep a number six Goodness. receiver, it's probably going to be him. It at this point, it would have to be. And the other part of that is how do the tight ends look? How are they in the pass catching game? And Grant Calcaterra was reported by former Eagle tight end Clay Harbor when he was at their camp that he could be a sneaky, underrated tight end. He gets in and out of his breaks really well. He's good as a route runner, and that's kind of what we've been looking for. And I yeah. kind of miss the, the, that old 12 personnel, Lou. And sometimes you kind of need to rely on that when you want to take over the middle of the field, and then you could say, I don't miss right, those we're going <laughs> to, I mean, Lou, what if you had the wide receivers you had now with those tight Oh, of course, I would like to have it too. I just don't miss when I needed that. Well, let's have our cake and eat it too at this point, man. Like it could be something if a Calcaterra or a Dan Arnold or stole, let's say Tyree Jackson just comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden can remain healthy. And that probably is the biggest depth battle for you. Yeah, that's probably the biggest depth battle on offense that we'll have. Like, because even we're talking about receiver with Nada, and I think I want to see receiver more for like the returning aspect of things. I want to see how Britton Covey looks on special teams this year. Um, I I think the same thing with like Devin Allen, too. If you can see his Mm -hmm. speed, can Quez Watkins finally with that 4 3 speed look like he knows how to return the football in the kickoff game or the punt return game? I think the the fact that he can't do that is unbelievable. Um, you know, when guys like hey, Wendell speak Small about explosion, Josh Rashad yeah. Penny as a returner, that might be the biggest attribute to this <sighs> team. You want to as... keep him healthy though, man. I don't know. I know, but dude, have yeah. you seen him return kicks in the past? Oh, sure. I know. He I mean, the guy's dangerous so quickly and oh, they yeah. need somebody like that. Yeah. If you want to just use him up for as long as you can get him. Yeah. I mean, I think that's Jay, 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 the heck out of Yeah. Just game, like, man. let's just, if we can yep. get only six goods, we got we, weeks out of him. Let's just get six good weeks out of him. Uh, but yeah, tight end. Cause I think again, that tight end too is wide open and the, this oh, is going to be pure performance yes. base, you know, with Arnold Calcaterra, Tyree Jackson and Jack Stahl. So it'll be interesting to see. I think mostly the depth battles receiver tight end, mm-hmm. um, I think the offensive line too, just to see some of the depth, like how these young guys look and what spots they look the most comfortable. I'm excited to see Jack Driscoll again because he's an yeah. experienced player at this. And point. like, what this position is, is he going to play? I think at the depth chart, mm-hmm. he was was he listed at tackle? I think he was a right tackle listed at the depth chart. But do they move him around if they yes, go? Yes, he was at right tackle. Right. I mean, he could be in there, guy who's playing the whole game, and they kind of need these experienced sixth, seventh, eighth guys and. I remember getting excited about, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, like when Isaac comes back and Big V came back and like, what were those guys going to do as as they were veterans on this roster? And it kind of goes under the radar, but those are big spots. And we talked about how do you evaluate the rest of the roster? Allow the quarterback to pass the ball. How do you allow the quarterback to pass the ball? You have to have an offensive line that can protect them for long enough. So those positions as well, man, you don't think Stout's going to be on those guys from the jump on that game on Saturday. It's going to be a big moment against a Baltimore team, which has crazy depth, which we talked about on the defensive They're front. They're a deep roster. Yeah. It's going to be. That'll definitely a be a test for the second team offensive line, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's been an issue sometimes at practice so far in training camp. I mean, Even Mariota in the, struggled. In but. the past in preseason, Lou, there's been games yeah. where you're just like, you can't do anything. Right. Because you just can't get the snap off. Nobody understands. And the quarterback play has been so bad, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, this preseason, it's a lot better at quarterback in the offensive line because it's been really hard to evaluate these other positions we're highlighting receiver, tight end, running back when your line and quarterback play. And of course, it makes sense. They're so important. Once mm-hmm. those fall apart, you can't really get a good sense of what everybody else is doing. So that's the big start against Baltimore. 
keep your quarterback upright. And hopefully these guys can, you know, we talked about it yesterday, Mariota, Tanner McKee, hopefully they can showcase a lot of these players trying to secure a roster spot on the 53 man for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll continue to cover this game tomorrow. Defensive players to watch all that and more. Got a post game show as well. Saturday night, make sure you subscribe to locked on Eagles right here on the lockdown podcast network, your team every day for Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.